Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is a rising high school football star. He's making his way through the ranks. He came out of the scene last year, and he's continued to make a name for himself. They have the Class A final this week against Cornwall. It is a big matchup, and he is a big-time quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Kai Cologne. Kai, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on. How is everything going, and how is everything going with the preparation for the game against Cornwall? Uh, Everything's going great. Uh, These past few days of practice have been uh, really good as well, and uh, I think we're going to have a pretty good week. Now, Cornwall is the defending New York State champion, and they are a powerhouse, and they're going to be ready. How do you guys feel that you are going to match up to them, considering you guys are kind of going into this game as an underdog? Yeah, I, I, our team really doesn't look at it as underdogs. You know, we're just going to come out ready to fight. And, uh, you know, our mentality is that we're really tough, and I think we're going to give them a run for their money. I do think that the local and everything – um, journalists are not giving that menacing team enough credit. You guys knocked off Goshen last week. You guys have had a phenomenal season, and you guys look primed to take down Cornwall. If anybody's going to do it, it definitely could be you guys. What do you believe is going to be the key factor of that game? You know, I think, um, you know, we've run the ball effectively all season, so I think if we can do that, it should open up the passing game as well, and, uh, we could, and also defensively uh, just stop the big plays, you know. We, had, we played them earlier in the year, and uh, they had a lot of big plays, which really didn't show what uh, the game that we actually really played. But uh, I think if we could do all that, it should be uh, closer than uh, what it was last time. Now, I did not want to mention that earlier game because these teams are very, very different now. This menacing team mm-hmm. seems more fired up and more well-prepared and more yeah. energetic than they did earlier in the season. You know, we've just been uh, we've been hot lately, and uh, we've just all bought in really for the playoffs. You know, we just were like, all right, it's time to go now. There's no messing up anymore, no losing, and uh, I think we've been playing great. So now the playoffs are where legends are made. Last year, a couple guys came out and basically made names for themselves. That is going to eventually earn them college scholarships. How do you feel that you are already someone who is in the limelight and then? local scale, and eventually could become on the national scale. How do you feel that the playoffs will help you further continue to establish that reputation? You know, I mean, as long as, uh, I mean, championships uh, make legends, you know. Tom Brady, six uh, six Super Bowls, and he's obviously the GOAT. So as long as uh, our team can win, uh, it should uh, show each player uh, individually and their success. Now, you have had a lot of success already at a young age. With two years to go, what do you ultimately feel is, aside from you know winning this game and then eventually you know contending for a state title, what do you feel you do have left to kind of prove to the doubters and prove to people that you could be a top-level D1 college quarterback? Uh, I think as long as I just keep leading my team, uh, the stats really don't matter as long as we just keep winning games. You know, that's really all that matters to me. I think if I can do that, then uh, the rest should just come to me, you know. We can just keep winning. When did you start playing football, and when did you realize you were so good at it? 
I started playing, I mean, training, I was like five, maybe six. Started playing like around six or seven, yeah, like first grade maybe. And, uh, you know, I've always been pretty good at it. And I've just been like one of the better athletes in general. But I think um, like my sixth grade year, I did pretty good. Uh, I'd say probably eighth grade when they pulled me up. I was like, okay, they uh, they see something in me. So I'd probably say eighth grade, seventh grade maybe. Now, eighth grade, you go up to varsity. How has that varsity experience been as you've had two years under your belt now, finishing your third season? Uh, it was, uh, I got pulled up ninth grade. I got pulled oh. up to JV eighth grade. Oh. But, um, yeah, ninth grade, you know, uh, I had a good uh, end to the season. My first game, I threw four touchdowns for our senior injured quarterback. And then I didn't play against Cornwall, but I got in the next playoff game for two plays, but I, I threw a touchdown, but it got called back, sadly. Uh, but, you know, just being up there with the guys and uh, learning the speed of the game a little bit has really, um, like, really got me prepared for this year. Now, what separates you apart from the pack as a quarterback? I think um, my arm strength, I'd say, is definitely up there. I have, I'd say I have a pretty strong arm. Uh, I can move around in the pocket. Um, uh, I'd say my, yeah, my, uh, my smartness, I guess, my IQ of the game is definitely up there, too. I just see things a little quicker, and yeah. Now, when you are analyzing these things and kind of getting a grip on everything, you do kind of look at the modern quarterback right now is mobile, has a strong arm, and you do kind of fit that bill right now. And as you are progressing throughout high school and everything, how far ultimately do you feel at this point in time you could go with the game? Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just focused on right now my next uh, – this game, obviously, this rest of the season, and the next two years in uh, – See what happens from there, you know. Uh, see what colleges are interested. But, yeah. Now, following this game, it gets a little tougher. You're going to have to go up against even higher-level talent. Cornwall is one of the best teams in the state, but even following that, you're going to have some even more difficult challenges. How do you feel that you guys could match up to even those teams as well? You know, I think we have a lot of uh, great athletes. That skill positions or our line has just done a phenomenal job, a uh, phenomenal job this year, and our defense just keeps growing every single game. And uh, I think if we just keep growing as a team and just keep putting in the work each uh, each week, I think we should have a very good shot at uh, these potential upcoming weeks wins. Now, outside of football, what other sports hobbies do you participate in? Uh, I play basketball and. Uh, I just train uh, really in the off-season lift. I play, uh, yeah, travel flag football. Um, that, like, just helps me with my mobility. I love doing that. So, yeah. Now, you've already kind of got in a grip on it and are beginning to see how many schools are going to be interested in you. What ultimately do you feel is going to define your best fit for you? And will it be a D1 school, you think? Or obviously, a lot of time to decide. You are only a sophomore. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet. Your talent is impeccable, and you are only a sophomore. But how far and what school do you think it will it could end up being? Uh, I'd say 
feels like home, you know, where I feel the most comfortable and have the best relationships with the coaches uh, and the players there. Um, not really sure how far I'd go right now. But once again, wherever feels like home, it just feels good for me. Now, one thing about being in this small area of Hudson Valley is not a lot of national attention comes to the quarterbacks and the recruits out of here. How do you feel that, especially not even just yourself, but as fellow friend of the show, Aiden Simo, and some of the other quarterbacks are kind of building a reputation for the Hudson Valley area as high-level quarterbacks who could really become D1 game changers? Uh, I think it's a great thing, you know, just having more, just us in this area are getting more exposure to everyone, which is good uh, for all the players, you know, they just, because uh, we have some really good athletes in this area, and just for them, if we can go to D1, then like it shows everyone can, and I think it's great for this area. Now, after this game, obviously, a loss is not the optimal <laughs> situation but you lose you go back to the drawing board you still have two more years obviously a lot of things with achievements you'd like to accomplish in those two years but what is one aspect of your game you hope to improve within those two years that you kind of feel lacks right now um probably just uh my decisions i mean i've done pretty good this year but like just uh seeing the game a little bit better than what i have and just staying in the pocket a little bit longer, I, I tend to run around and use my legs, which is, I've done, I've had success. But if I could do that and also be able to run as well, I think that should really open up the or my game as well. As you kind of are beginning to see how you do match up against the other quarterbacks in the 2022 class, how do you feel you do rank amongst them, not even just in the area, but on a higher level scale? Um, I don't know. I'd say it's tough to say. I mean, uh, whenever I go to the college camps, I'm always like, all right, he's in my class. All right, I, I got this over him. He has that over me, you know. And it's tough to say. I'm not really sure. But I'd say uh, I'm pretty good. And there's a lot of great other kids out there too, so. You definitely seem like someone who's a student of the game and knows what they want to work on and is dedicated to the game. So I want to play this game with you. I played it with Aiden when he was on the show. I've played it with some of the NFL draft prospects as well. And it's just simply put um, a big thing with college as well is five stars. Out of five, I want you, I'm going to say a skill and an aspect of especially being a quarterback and football player as a whole. And I want you to rate it out of five how you feel you are at as it. Does that sound good? Yeah. So, your arm strength? Uh, I'd say that's a five, yeah. Your football IQ? Uh, I'd give that a four right now. Mobility within the pocket? I'd say that's probably a four. Your running ability? Uh, that's, I, right now, I'd give it a four. Um, the ability to kind of make those big time throws outside of the pocket and under pressure. I'd give that a four. Your leadership ability. 
I'd say that's a five. I'm pretty good. I'm a really good leader. Accuracy. Four. And maturity. Five. And overall, how do you ultimately feel out of five you would rate yourself as a quarterback and a football player? I'd probably say uh, four right now, yeah. Well, a lot of times you improve only a sophomore. It can only even go up from here. Um, what do you ultimately feel is how far you ideally would like to go into the game? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, every every kid dreams to go to the NFL. Um, I mean, if I could, I'd love that. But, you know, just going to college, I think that would be huge. Playing at a top level, top program, that would be huge. Um, I think, yeah, that's probably what it is. Do you have any ideas at this point in time what you would want to go to college for? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not really uh, sure yet. I still got a couple of years, but I'm trying to figure it out, you know. <laughs> you got time. You got two more years yeah. to uh, make those decisions. Um, who do you in – it could be NFL, it could be college, it could even be locally, it could be – someone you know that's not even on a high-level scale, who do you feel your game most resembles? My game, uh... I'd say, uh... Maybe Pat Mahomes. You know, he, he's pretty mobile, too. And he's got, he's got a very, very strong arm, so... I think those just... I'd say I'm pretty close to him as well. Carson Wentz in 2017, or whenever they went to the Super Bowl... I'd say that was probably a good year, too. Uh, I'd compare to him. Who is a player that you kind of look up to and try to model your skills after and kind of carry yourself in a way trying to be like? Um, I don't know, I've never really, like, looked up to really any... I mean, I've looked up to my dad always just uh, as being... Um, just being better than him, you know, you just want to be better than him. And I've always looked up at and I I think I'm doing a pretty good job as of right now. I'm getting close to it. But. Now, your dad was a football player as well, correct? Yeah. Where, how far did he go? I believe I've heard this story before, but could you elaborate on that a little uh, bit? No, he just, I th- he just went to uh, Westchester. He played there, just a community college, or junior college, um, but he, I think he could have went a little farther. He tells me stories, like, hey, you know how that is. <laughs> how do you feel that having someone who's been in that position and had to carry himself in that way kind of helps you on the field in that sense? Uh, you know, he just gives me great advice all the time. You know, I can just look at him. He looks at me, gives me one little signal. I know what's happening. Like, he knows what's going on, like... He just gives me, like, calm down or something something subtle, but it makes a big impact on my game. Now, on and off the field, is he someone you idolize as well? Is there other people as well in there? And kind of elaborate on that. Uh, yeah, I definitely definitely look up to him. My mom as well. You know, she's always a role model for my pushing my grades. Uh, and, yeah, my dad... Just always off the field, always being there for me as well as with my mom. 
Now, I ask every guest this, and it is a harder question to answer at a younger age, but it can be on the gridiron, it could be off, or it could just be an in-general answer, however you want to view it. But I ask every question, or I ask this every time I begin to close out a podcast. What is the legacy you want to leave when it's all said and done? Um, probably just being, like, the best person I can be, you know. If, like, everyone's, like, like someone says, oh, Kai, oh, I love that kid, you know, he was great. You know, I think that's just good for me. As long as they, don't, as long as they just see me as that, you know. I mean, hey, if I'm a great player, that's, that's what I'm with it, too. But as long as I'm a good person and then then the player comes after that, I think that's definitely up there. Now, Kai, you're a talented player. You're a good person a very good person to watch play football, uh, exciting athlete, excited to see what you can do in the un- upcoming years. Best of luck to you against Cornwall. I want to give you this opportunity to plug your social medias, kind of talk a little bit, free audience to kind of chat with for a sec. Yeah, my Twitter is uh, Kai Cologne 13 K-A-I-C-O-L-O-N-13. Uh, Instagram is Kai. Thank you very much for coming on, Kai, and best of luck to you against the Cornwall Dragons. Thank you once again. So, this is more for the youth audience, but I would love if the adult audience would also stick around. This past weekend, there was something that happened that will forever change the image of mainstream media in most people's eyes. Logan Paul and KSI had a boxing match. Not some amateur boxing match like they had the first time. A professional fight on a boxing network with an undercard filled with championship boxing. KSI, a YouTuber whose name stands for Knowledge, Strength, and Integrity, whose real name is JJ, is a gaming YouTuber outside the box ideas and creativity. In 2018, February, he fought fellow British YouTuber Joe Weller in a match that was an amateur fight that drew a decent amount of attention, but... The highlight of that fight happened to be after his win when he called out Logan Paul and his brother, and Logan Paul accepted the challenge to have a fight. August 25th, 2018, the two fought at the Manchester Arena, where it ended up becoming a draw after six rounds of a fight. Logan Paul and KSI drew. They decided over the last 15 months to dedicate themselves to another fight. They had a pro fight on DAZN a boxing slash sports networks this past weekend. It ultimately came out with a controversial split decision in favor of KSI. Um, Basically, I will break down that part of the fight, but I will also break down the impact this had. So basically, throughout the fight, um, early on it looked like KSI was in control and Logan was just kind of too relaxed and comfortable. It seemed as though about the third round, Logan flipped the switch and it became a real boxing match. Logan landed the first and only official knockdown of the fight in the fourth round when he hit KSI with an uppercut and then a hook, and then he grabbed his head and sort of hit him with another uppercut, which in that sense is sort of illegal due for a warning. And then as he was going down to fall, Logan like tapped him on the back of his head. Well, the ref... um just kind of gave KSI a chance to go in the corner, but KSI said that Logan hit me on the back of the head, and um, the ref issued a two-point deduction to Logan Paul. So what this basically meant was when they were highlighting the round and tallying up the scores, the in the fourth round, Logan was going to lose two points. So Logan, I mean, I'd, 
I personally was rooting for Logan in the fight, but I will say objectively, I think that he should have at least lost one point, but at the very least, uh, warning should have been instituted. Um, two points, the only time a two-point deduction had been instituted was when Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. So, yeah, a tap on the back of the head isn't as extreme as that. So I do think one-point deduction or a warning would have been instituted. With that said, though, each judge scored that round 10-8 Logan. So you take those two points away, and the one judge ruled at 56-55 Logan. The other two, one had it 57-54 Logan, the other had it 56-55 KSI. Had those two points been included in the round totals, Logan would have won. Um, had one point been instituted, it would have been a, a majority draw again. So either way, Logan wouldn't have lost the fight. So obviously the commission is going to get contested and it remains to be seen what will happen, but it's highly unlikely that a change will occur and likely KSI was the winner. Either way, both men put their hearts and souls into that fight. It was an entertaining fight and it didn't really matter the outcome because both guys were winners. No long-term damage occurred from this fight that anybody knows of, and it really broke barriers. These two men were pioneers, and they took a stupid little YouTube fight from that little platform and expanded it to a national stage where they sold out the Staples Center in Los Angeles, following selling out the Manchester Arena for just an amateur fight with YouTube undercard, and brought boxing a younger generation and more viewers that were their viewers that probably fell in love with the sport of boxing Saturday night. DAZN definitely had an influx of money. Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn got money in their pockets. The fighters got money in their pockets. It's a win-win for everybody. Although some say that it's making a sport of boxing a mockery, I believe personally, and I believe most people have this sentiment, that this fight raised a lot of eyebrows to the popularity that YouTubers really have within the world and the country of the United States specifically. But this fight was groundbreaking, entertaining, and something worth watching. And kudos to both those men for putting it on the line. It was an entertaining bout, and now they'll both move on with their lives. Logan reportedly is considering UFC and MMA and has called out CM Punk and Dylan Danis, fellow MMA fighters in the past. Uh, state championship wrestler, he could definitely fare well in UFC. KSI reportedly, Jake Paul called him out for a boxing match. KSI seems kind of done with boxing as a whole. Or he may go back to boxing and fight somebody. But for right now, both men are going to take their times to reevaluate and enjoy the success that occurred from this fight. So kudos to both men. And if you enjoyed this episode of Ambitious, you know, a breakdown of boxing, something I don't typically do, but I do enjoy boxing and I would love to break down more boxing like Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Canelo Alvarez, Andy Ruiz Jr., Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, etc. I really enjoy watching those guys fight and would love to talk about them more. So if you enjoy that, you know, let it be known. Reach out to our Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP. Uh, like this podcast you know subscribe leave a good review i hope you enjoyed the interview with kai cologne thanks to him very much for coming on unfortunately menacing lost this past saturday night but it was an entertaining game and um 
you know, bright future for him. He's only a sophomore, and he's going places. So kudos to Kai for coming on. Kudos to two entertainers for an incredible bout. And stay tuned for next week for another episode of Ambitious. Thanks for watching, and have a good one.